0: These particular archetypes is actually a pretty conscious, deliberate um, depiction of fatherhood and motherhood in a mythological framework. Um, not in a naturalistic framework, um, but in a mythological one, so. Mm. Well,
1: if you don't want to start with that, do you want to start with uh, how excited we are about Snoop Dogg and Zach Efron?
0: <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. Okay, this is way better to start with. Holy shit. Like, at the top of this, so for, do you want to give people the, the rundown on what this leak is It's like, a primer before I uh, go off on this?
1: Like, it's, Here's the thing. With the last two quote-unquote leaks we've had, I think there was some real effort to make it seem like it was a real thing. I can't believe this is anything other than just a really good joke. <laughs> like, <it's>... <laughs> I <laughs>
0: don't this? know. I take issue with that. I don't know how much effort somebody put into Salos. I mean, it was kind of... <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> but they wrote up a lot. This, I feel, is just like... I don't know. Okay, so a, c- a couple... Uh, I think it's... From right now we're talking about... I think it's almost a week ago because I missed it originally... Um, someone had posted, like, hey, did you see this leak? And I, what is this, on com? I've never even heard of that. Um, someone posted a leak of the E3 2018 Electronic Entertainment Expo, um like, the listing of all the new games coming out. On the very first page, it says Electronic Arts, which, they have their own thing on EA Play, so I don't know if this is supposed It's the whole thing stupid. But it says, um, the two Bioware-centric things is one, it's, uh... The new Dragon Age game is being revealed first, saying Dragon Age Rise of Tamat, with a new character creator, a speech from Casey Hudson, and Dungeons and Dragons collaboration reveal. Cause if you know Dungeons and Dragons Rise of Tiamat is like just a uh, like one one of the campaigns you can run. Right. Which that makes no goddamn sense. But my favorite part is Anthem, where they have it which is formatted strangely of cinematic trailer. Gameplay trailer and my favorite presentation featuring Snoop Dogg and Zac Efron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the two most like widely recognizable gaming figures, right? Like Snoop Dogg and Zach Efron. That's exactly oh, who it's. Man. Although, I mean, it's one of those things where like, it sounds so stupid, but then again, there have been a lot of stupid E3. I'm not saying this is real for a second. I'm just saying oh, no. like, there's that part of your brain that goes like, even though this is horrible and obviously fake... You don't put it past someone within EA to do something as stupid as this.
1: I'll be honest, though. If if something ever happens and Snoop Dogg and Zac Efron are even in the same movie, I would be surprised. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would watch the shit out of an anthem reveal with Snoop Dogg and Zac Efron, and that would be so strange.
0: Oh, the anthem! I mean, the the reveal presentation would be the best part of that game's existence.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like even if the game's great, the fact that those two people together are playing it would be amazing. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of other stupid stuff. Like uh, the only the first page got on the Dragon Age subreddit, but there's like let's see, um, Red Dead Redemption Two, Elder Scrolls Online. Some well, they, they, that's actually real. Um, Fallout Nuevo El Paso.
0: Oh, that's where they lost me. Like I could, I mean, they lost me. That's where
1: they lost you. That's <laughs> where. What- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean they lost me before that, but at uh, you know, Destiny Two, Ghosts of Nagasaki. I mean there's a lot of I mean the Rock Band four there's Michael ghosts Jackson. Ghosts of
1: Nagasaki,
0: that's the one. Well they have like Rock Band four Michael Jackson tribute, which is like Yeah It's it's all stupid but just like it's you know, it's it's stupid in the way where it's still plausible. Um I don't yeah.
1: know. Kingdom Hearts 3 says there's going to be a release date, and I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> the titles—the titles are amazing, though, right? Like One Punch Man, One is All It Takes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the Crackdown Three presentation was apparently going to feature Terry Crews. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> which I love. I love me some Terry Crews, honestly. Crews Crew. I mean, come on. But still, this is just yeah. But once it once it got down to Bethesda, it <clears> just got <throat> completely ridiculous.
1: Ooh, World of Warcraft PlayStation 4 Edition. Oh, How would that even work on a controller?
0: Uh, well, Elder Scrolls Online works on a controller, but they've got a pretty good controller setup, though. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah, once it got down to Fallout Nuevo El Paso, <laughs> and then right underneath <laughs> that, a Morrowind HD remake, oh. I'm like, okay, time out. <laughs> like, we just overloaded the stupid meter. Like, You're gonna have to
1: Dial some of (laughs) this back. Anyway, so that that was the. What I don't get is that, like, I saw someone on Tumblr going like, "Oh my God, is this real? What's Tiamat?" I'm like, "No, guys, no." (laughs) How can you believe? Like, if nothing else, if you don't know anything about gaming, who would have Snoop Dogg and Zac Efron?
0: (laughs) Oh wait, together. I didn't even keep scrolling down. If you keep going down to Sony, they have Heavy Rain 2 Children of the Origami Killer.
1: (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Soul Calibur 6, exclusives, Cloud and Tifa. This is great, man.
1: Oh, boy. Anyway, Jordan, what do we want to talk about today?
0: Um, we've decided that we wanted to, appropriately enough as we start off bashing uh, the fake E3 presentation, uh, that we wanted to start off talking about uh, major trends in gaming and potentially how they might intersect uh, with BioWare. So the,
1: because my husband right now is playing a battle royale game, uh, battle royale games, I, I didn't expect that one to be huge, but holy shit it's everywhere now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're starting on the exact same space. And I mean, if people don't realize, we sort of semi-planned the episodes, but we don't ever go into... We don't normally go into too much detail as far as exactly what order we're going to go into things, but I did have that at the top of my list. <laughs> it was Battle Royale stuff, and... I'm going to sound old. I'm going to sound like somebody who's just sound, you know, maybe I want things to be that they used to be. I'm just not a fan. I don't play Fortnite. I don't, uh, I don't get down on PUBG. I even in my, one of my latest videos, which I was talking about Skyrim, I sort of very quickly slipped in a little, a little jab towards PUBG. Um, cause I just don't find them to be very substantial or very compelling video games in general. I know I might draw a lot of ire from it. It's not even just the fact that they're narratively lacking. Um, i find i find the device that they're using from a gameplay standpoint to be sort of one note it's like i get it you know you're being forced into a smaller and smaller area and you know you're picking up weapons but it's like that's not particularly anything new um some of the construction stuff and like the building aspect of fortnite i guess is unique um but i don't find it compelling very i don't find it that interesting and so i don't know do you do you uh play any of these regularly
1: Oh God, no! I hate those type of games. But my husband and his friend—well, our friends, I guess—play it like every night. Like it's it's that and um, oh fuck, soccer cars, soccer cars. What's that called? <laughs> Rocket League. There we go. Rocket
0: League. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's I. It's interesting to hear them play it because they play it so often, but they all hate it just because it's. <laughs> really though like they hate it because like the the way the game is made it's super buggy um, they keep complaining that I, I guess, like, when the servers go down, it goes down at, like, the uh, peak gaming hours for America because it has a huge audience overseas. So they cater mm-hmm. to the audience overseas. So I like, get it chapped it all the time.
0: <laughs> but it's such what? a typical response, though, because, I mean, I had my days of being really hardcore into Halo 2 and Halo 3, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, Bad <clears throat> Company 2 for a little bit. And that just seems like a typical thing when, like, the most hardcore fans, like, quote unquote, hate the game. Like, we spend our time playing it. <laughs> (laughs) and then complaining about it the entire time it's
1: it's amazing how much they say they hate it and like they just get so angry at it sometimes and then they just keep going but i don't understand that mentality like i can't think of a game that i've played so often, but just genuinely hate. And, like, they keep looking for a new game to play, but then they always just go back to PUBG and Rocket Cars, Rocket League. I- I'm old. I don't
0: know what this is called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there something, I mean, I hate, I don't think I hated, but I did not particularly like um, Modern Warfare 2. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But so many people that I knew at the time played it, that if you wanted to Play something with people online. What people wanted to play was Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, and and I feel like a bit of that is where PUBG and Fortnite is at, where they've become like the MySpace, or I mean potentially Facebook, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. assuming there's some merit to Facebook where there wasn't with MySpace, they're like the MySpace of video games now, where it's like you're there because your friends are there, whether you want to be or not.
1: That's a really good point, because I know they, like, a lot of times they'll say, like, oh, this really older, like, this older game was cool, and it's on sale now, and they go online, but, like, there's nobody on it, so, like, they don't end up playing it a lot. Even though they like the game better, it's just there's no one to be against them, so there's really no point. So, I, 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 I think this, yeah, like, exactly what you said, this is exactly what's <laughs> happening with Fortnite, everything, because Fortnite is everywhere. Like, it's my huge. Hus- yeah, my my husband's boss's child is obsessed with it, and that's all he talks about. Apparently, he's a Fortnite streamer, <laughs> which is really cute. <laughs> he's like, I he's I don't know. He's probably like early teens. So I just <laughs> can't imagine like little kids streaming this. I don't know. That's so weird territory for me watching little kids stream, but.
0: I mean, even if someone's never played Fortnite, like you cannot escape the effect of it. The memes and the gifs mm. and everything where like I'm not saying that there's no value to, to the to the setup of the of the gameplay structure. I can see how that would be compelling. And oh by the way, I think Rocket League is actually fun. I think it's good fun. It's not anything I would play for a significant amount of time, but it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty good, mindless fun. Um and 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 also, I mean, just on the on the aspect of it as a trend, um, it's clearly growing, right? Call of Duty just announced no single player um, for the first time ever in the franchise. Um, so the next Call of Duty Black Ops game will not have any single player, and it will be online only, and it will it will include a, a battle royale component. Um, mm. That's huge. I mean, that that's something where you know Call of Duty has been a staple of the industry as a whole, primarily known for um for multiplayer but you know Call of Duty 2 uh Modern Warfare uh maybe Black Ops 3 if you if you're favorable towards it uh, they they have had some memorable and and pretty um worthwhile single player campaigns the fact that they're abandoning that in favor of this sort of uh, model is pretty significant um Battlefield just released their trailer for uh, Battlefield 5 that will include a single player but you know, presumably their multiplayer offerings are going to skew something towards this. I mean, Battlefield has always been known for having huge maps anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does seem like things are going that way. I I mean, I would assume that we're safe in saying that, that well, no, not Bioware, because we don't exactly know enough about Anthem to say that it's not going to have that, but... I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts? How much is this is this particular trend um, before we move to any others going to intersect with Bioware games? Do you think?
1: It it might eventually, but I think it might be too late for Anthem. Like, ba- like Battle Royale games have only been really popular with, you know, honestly, just the past couple months, and that is way too quick for them to pump it out into Anthem. I think. Like, if if they do try to do it for Anthem or. You know, they might be able to do it for Dread. Well, that's another thing. But if they do do it for Anthem, it'll probably like, be like a, a patch of some sort or, um, like, or even kind of a rushed job a little bit. Like it's for what we saw, at least in the trailer, it seems only about like four people were really playing at once. I don't think it could really handle like, what, a hundred at a time. But I don't know. We don't really know that much about Anthem to say for sure. I would just be really shocked if they were able to day one have a battle royale mode in Anthem.
0: Yeah, it kind of seems like they're going for something a little bit different. Uh, I mean, I do think Battle Royale games have been brewing a bit longer than that. You're right that they've reached their, I don't know what, I wouldn't say pinnacle, but they're really sort of coming to a crescendo now. But I mean, like H1Z1 is, I mean, even though it's been sort of a work in progress, um, it's kind of been around for a little bit. I think for whatever reason... Um, even though PUBG has been popular for a long time Fortnite really hit in some way where it just kind of Mm -hmm. sparked a big thing yeah I think you're right though ultimately on Anthem the most I could ever see is maybe they offer some kind of DLC that incorporates it as one game mode Um, but even that it might be be something they they explore more in a sequel and I don't think you know obviously the traditional Bioware game just doesn't mesh with that type of gameplay at all
1: oh yeah like I do not see them doing that with Dragon Age at all.
0: I don't see how they could do it. I mean, it would be really yeah. ham-fisted if they did.
1: Yeah, it would be, like, uh, I, I thought the the DAI multiplayer was, maybe not, like, hand fisted but was definitely, like, shoved onto the side. Like, oh, here, have a multiplayer because, I don't know, loot boxes. Please buy your stuff. But, like, <laughs> the, yeah, it would really feel... Stapled on there, and I don't think it would do well. I, I, I think the thing with uh, like DAI multiplayer is pretty dead I, I think they know that I, I would imagine the servers for a Battle Royale game have to be pretty beefy because you have to have a hundred people on at once So it, like that's a lot of I feel like that would be a lot of money invested in something That's not gonna last that long and people know or at least I would assume the business guys at Bioware know that No one's gonna be buying Dragon Age for the Battle Royale game. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time Dragon Age comes out, it might actually have already been a fad and over with, so there's really no use for them building it. But
0: I agree with that. Um, so another thing that's kind of, I, mean, I guess we would say in this in this vein or similar to this topic, because I kind of feel like we're on multiplayer. I mentioned DLC. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely been a more long-term trend towards games as a service, or at least that's the vernacular that's become popular now. It's certainly the one that EA uses is video games as a service or live services. Uh, games have moved more towards a continual stream of content being delivered through DLC and, of course, um, what has now become sort of a dreaded term of microtransactions, more specifically mm-hmm. loot boxes. I mean, EA's EA's business model is, you know, really built heavily around live services, so what do you think the the next or sort of the future is going forward for this? More of it, less of it?
1: I don't know. I I forget even where I was listening to it or reading it or even what I how I came across this information. But just it's it's video games are a lot more expensive to make, but the price of video games hasn't changed that much. Right. Yeah. So it's they have to make their money somehow, and I'm and I'm not saying that like oh EA's destitute. We need to give them more money for our things to survive. It's it's I think you were even talking about this. It's like to to make such big budget games, they need they don't need to make a lot of money. They need to make a shit ton of money. Like, they need to make all of the money for yeah. to make a profit and to even do buy. Bio- like, um, something. Some, oh, I have such a bad memory. I can't remember who was talking about it on Twitter. But one of the BioWare devs on Twitter, um, someone was saying, like, you know, the big bag EA bought BioWare. And he was saying, like, well, yeah, we may not like EA, but they saved us. They saved BioWare from going under. If they didn't buy us when they did, we would have just gone under. And this was before. I think he didn't, maybe, like. Uh, when, when did they buy Bioware? Was it after Origins came out or before?
0: Uh, no, it was before. It should have been uh, around 08, give or take.
1: Okay. So, yeah, like, I I don't know. I don't... I don't hate the idea of games as a service, but I think there is definitely a right and wrong way to go about it. And, like, uh, the I always get it wrong, is it Battle. It's not Battlefield. It's Star Wars Battlefront. There we go. the The way Battlefront handled it, that was obviously wrong. But I I think kind of going on to like how the the DAI multiplayer did, where it was like it was optional to buy it. You can grind for it if you want. Grinding was it grinding for it wasn't so bad. And a lot of it was cosmetic anyway. I think that's the best way to go for it. So I can choose, and I don't feel bad not choosing. At the same time, though, you actually get a lot of money from that. It's I feel like we're in this awkward stage of gaming right now and we have to find a better solution because so far nobody's happy.
0: <laughs> right. So um, so I think one thing that's kind of worth talking about as far as this as a trend is that it has been going on for a long time. I do see it continuing and I see it as being really sort of inevitable. Uh, And the reason why I see it as being inevitable is is for some of the reasons that you mentioned, and this is something that I've been harping on for a long time, which is that the $59.99 price point has been around a lot longer than the $49.99 price point was around. Um, I actually don't even remember the specifics of when games started costing $14.99, but let's put it this way. Um, The Xbox 360 launches around 2006, which is now 12 years ago and that's when games started at 59.99 like it's been 12 years of that price point for a base game um if you run that backwards i know it wasn't 1994 when games started costing 49.99 mm-hmm. um so like the, the, this 69 90, i'm sorry 59.99 price point has been around a lot longer than the one that it was previous and games have only been getting bigger and bigger um, it was obvious that they were going to have to monetize somewhere else before it was like bigger chunks of like expansion pack type DLC. And mm-hmm. then, I don't know, it's just like the numbers seem to break out that you can get a lot more profit by charging people small bits at a time. And I want to say from, from most of the estimates that I look at, I was looking at one on Gamasutra uh, before we started that says, you know, it, the, the the distribution is changing consistently and also kind of quickly, somewhat rapidly, where the majority of the money for publishers used to come from the base game and then a little bit from DLC, and that's starting to shift, Mm -hmm. where the majority of their money is starting to come from these smaller transactions and those projections are going through, you know, those are all predicted to continue. Um, So I see it as being inevitable, and also, you know, one of the things that I always try and help people to realize, even though I'm not a huge fan of microtransactions, is that we have to remember that video games are software. You know, in addition to the fact that we we interface with them as art, they are in fact software. And the trend of software moving towards a service model has actually has actually um, preceded this trend in gaming. So if we go back even further, um, you know, Photoshop moved to a subscription, Ugh, which is uh, awful, an- by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I use GIMP just so everybody knows, um, and most antiviruses you know, have, have been on a subscription uh, model for a lot longer. And, of course, just a few years ago, even uh, on the enterprise side, Microsoft uh, and Microsoft Office Suite uh, moved to a subscription model. And it makes sense from a purely uh, economic and technological standpoint because our expectations as consumers sort of changed um, because of the Internet and because of the fact that we're connected all of the time. We expect, at the very least, fixes and patches and and sort of like – maintenance-type stuff to be, li- to be <clears throat> delivered to us constantly. And then also gamers are sort of expecting content. So as much as I don't like loot boxes as a particular type of DLC, we have to expect that our appetite, so to speak, changed as consumers. And so the business model really couldn't stay the same and remain profitable.
1: Mm-hmm. Part of me also wonders, like... I know everyone hates microtransactions. We're not fond of it either. But in doing so, it also keeps, like... If let's say they go the other route and then now buying the base game is like a hundred bucks or something like that. Now yeah. everyone has to pay a hundred bucks, you know, for for Dragon Age Four or whatever. Which I mean, like I would pay. It's expensive, but like, do you know how many hours I have in just Dragon Age Inquisition? Four
0: hundred
1: and fifty. Not even close. It's it's close to a thousand hours.
0: Oh like, wow! Look at you. You're a champ. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will say there is some of that where I. Um, uh, all of my you background footage is from Dragon Age Inquisition so those hours count but I do also play offline a lot so I think it actually is put like legitimately almost a thousand hours of just play time. Do you like I put in six well because I also bought the DLC let's let's count all that let's see I paid like a little over a hundred dollars just for Dragon Age Inquisition and I gave me a thousand hours worth of fun. I thought that was. I think that's a wise investment, to be honest. You know, oh, no, I, <laughs> I agree can't, with you. I like, I can't do the math, to see like how much, like how many, how much money it was spending per minute of fun or whatever. But it's 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 done me it's done me okay. So I wouldn't mind putting a hundred dollars into Dragon Age Four. But like some people don't have that money, so I guess in in a way, microtransactions let us like the price point be lower. But then, someone who wants to pay $10,000 or whatever on his skin can do so. So the rest of us can have it like the decent price point. So, in like a way, it's almost like a charity service to the people who can't afford a more expensive game, which is a weird way to word it. And I feel like he's almost apologizing for, for microtransactions.
0: Well, they're, but I, they're, they're subsidizing the process on yeah. the backs of <clears throat> people who just don't have any impulse control and have way more you know uh disposable income i guess just like those heavy buyers
1: but but i have met people who don't have the disposable income but still buy a a way too much microtransactions because there is that little gambling component to it so it's I i almost feel like it is this weird ethical place in a way
0: It is. Well, I mean, we shouldn't, I mean, we shouldn't, I mean, we're talking about trends, but this is a trend. Mm -hmm. And so we shouldn't, we shouldn't skip over that, right? Like, and we talked about it at one point at length when we talked about Hawaii. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't remember the one European country that had introduced some legislation around it. But I mean, certain, certain um, municipalities, countries, states have taken some legal action. And I want to say that I saw a story recently that said that one of those measures had passed. Um, in one particular country, outlawing Was it Denmark? loot boxes. I want to. It might have been Denmark. Um, we can always check um, to make sure we include a link, like we did last time, actually. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm a little concerned for it. Not so much with adults, because I'm a. I'm not a big fan of. of you know, legislation for things that really should be impulse control on the part of the individual. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I think gambling should be legal, and I think that people who are stupid enough to waste all of their money gambling um, have <laughs> have have succumbed to their own folly. Um, mm-hmm. So, but what concerns me, however, is that you know, as much as I hate to use the "think of the children" argument, um, we can't completely get away from the fact that kids do play these games, and it's just like it's a weird thing when it's kids. are being hooked on that sort of cycle.
1: Yeah. And the worst offender is always the iPhone games.
0: Right, right, right. Not so much like rated M console games with like involved (laughs) story but mobile stuff for sure.
1: Even Fortnite, like, um, like, again, going back to my husband's boss whose kid plays this game, apparently, like, this kid, like, for his birthday, he just wanted a bunch of Fortnite skins, you know? Like, that's all he wanted. Yeah. So, it, <laughs> that's what you, that's that's what kids want nowadays. And, like, when I, when I was working a lot with children, like, all the time they would, um, like, you know show me like their ipads or their phones or whatever i'm like look my mom got me this thing that's a look i paid for this power up and that kind of bullshit but like yeah that's i don't know it, i can't imagine my kids saying like hey can i buy five dollars worth of skins on on Fortnite and be like oh okay that's not a waste of money but i yes. <laughs> But, I mean, like, I wanted stupid shit as a kid, too, so I, I feel like it's, it's, it's just this generation's version of bullshit, but they won't have a bucket full of bullshit when they grow up. It's just, <laughs> they maybe not even remember they have a, a, a grand of Fortnite skins somewhere. So you're,
0: so you're saying it's good for the environment? <laughs> at least they won't have a maybe. bunch of, of wasted plastic. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that's a reasonable point to make, right, is that, you know, it's not like consumerism aimed at children is new, it's mm-hmm. just they had a bunch of useless toys before. Hmm. Um. Like, yeah, do you I'm remember not
1: hit clips.
0: Hit clips? No.
1: <gasps> you don't. You don't remember hit clips? Oh my! God. I wanted one so bad, but my mom wouldn't let me get one because they were really stupid. It was like, um, oh. It was you know like those little orange cutie things. It's about the size of that, maybe a little bit smaller, uh-huh. and it was like a little MP3, and you had to buy an individual cartridge. And in that individual cartridge that probably costs like, I don't know, three, four dollars, you put it into the hit clip and it would play 30 seconds of a song that you liked. Wait. this was huge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That, I don't remember that. That sounds like an awful idea.
1: It was huge. Everyone had it because like, this was really before, like even like CD players were really big. Well, there I think CD players were big, but only big kids had CD players. And, like the little kids had hit clips, and like you like you made them into keychains, so you'd have them on your backpacks. And like y'all, you know, the cool kids would have, like have the hit clips, like the the main thing. And then like a thousand of like those stupid little like thirty seconds. would be like, oh, do you want to listen to thirty seconds of Britney Spears? Well, I gotcha you. <laughs> <laughs> My bullshit, and like when I was a kid. So like it's 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 always been like that. So I I feel like I can't complain too much about like that type of stuff. So I don't know.
0: It's no, weird. that's that's actually an oddly salient comparison. At first, I was just like, what does this have to do with games? But you're right. Thirty seconds of Britney Spears is the equivalent of a of a shitty Fortnite skin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Like, that's an oddly, like, that's a, that's a really good point uh, comparatively to make. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I guess what I, we're both kind of, like, agreed on the fact that, like, this trend is happening. It's continuing. I think that there is a good economical reason for it to happen um, as far as what what our expectations are now as consumers as far as how much content we get. Um, I do want to say quickly, when you mentioned that $100, like, what if Dragon Age 4 was $100? Um, mm-hmm. I, w- I would totally pay that also. Like if mm-hmm. the, if the next Mass Effect, um, which like honestly at this point like I just want to see another Mass Effect. <laughs> if they <laughs> if they charged three hundred dollars for the next Mass Effect, I'll be like I'll pay anything to save it. they <laughs> um, you will know, even what,
1: give you my firstborn. <laughs>
0: you know, like if they if they Kickstartered Mass Effect, I would just be on the highest tier that I could be on. You know, and I could go and hang out at Casey Hudson's house for a week or whatever the top. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the top backer reward was um but no like i would i would pay a much higher price than 59.99 because similar to you i've spent lots and lots of time with these games and it seems like it seems like a fair value proposition if the price point was just higher i honestly wish that just like again purely from an economic standpoint that one of these publishers would try to market themselves and their product as like as like a premium product like no it's not necessarily going to you know we we can't fund it by selling to the lowest common denominator at $59.99 but we have this really passionate core fan base that loves deep extensive content would they pay a hundred bucks or 120 or whatever it is for for something that is you know cuts the crap as far as microtransactions and you get all the story content up front would our hardcore fan base fund that at a higher price point like I just feel like that's worthwhile to try out that makes me wonder
1: um, like oh so uh, I don't know if you saw it but recently uh, Greg Ellis do you know who that is
0: Um, yeah writer um, no Wait, Greg Ellis is the artist? No. All right, then I don't Try know who that is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is the voice actor for um, a couple people, uh, namely Cullen. Uh, he also did the first Ander voice and a whole bunch of NPCs throughout the series. But um, he, recently, he's been having a lot of um, dropping little hints here and there that kind of
0: lead oh, up to right. the Oh, right, I saw this, yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that, that lead up to the conclusion that he's probably voicing right now Cullen in another Dragon Age installment, and he also says that it's going to be revealed soon-ish, so I don't know what that means. Um, so a part of me was wondering if maybe this is going to be, I don't know if you remember a long time ago when we were talking about um, one of the devs asking if people would like to play a Dragon Age Tactics game. Um, so if what if they have a dragon age installment where it's 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 very easy to make um it's it's really not that intensive for the art and whatever maybe they're even pulling assets for other places of the game but then it's it's maybe even it's just a dating sim but then they sell it off for uh i don't know like let's just say 40 bucks and it's a really low effort game but it like has a lot of like story elements or something like that so like they're really into the lore fans are really enjoy it it's like I guess what I'm trying to pitch here is games that don't really take that much to make, but they do have something for the super fans, so the super fans will buy it. And could that fund the bigger game as a whole?
0: That is actually a really good point. And I, I, my answer is, yeah, that would work, that would work perfectly. And, and it's interesting, right? Because that in and of <clears> itself is, I think, a separate sort of mini trend. Um, mm-hmm. The Witcher had the separate Gwent game after the Gwent mini game was really popular. And Elder Scrolls oh, is doing yeah. quite well with their card game also. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that would actually work really well for Dragon Mm -hmm. Age. If they did a card game or or a tactics game, I mean, I would buy that in a heartbeat. And honestly, um, I think that some of those titles actually are a little more conducive to microtransactions. Um, That's
1: true, especially card games, because you got those card packs you got to buy.
0: Right. And so I think that would be an excellent move. I think it would satisfy uh, EA's need to have something that, like you said, has a low price point. I think Gwent might have... It wasn't... It might not have been free-to-play, but it was very inexpensive. And I want to say the Elder Scrolls card game is also either free-to-play or very low for the base game. Mm-hmm. Um, it would satisfy that, that you know segment for EA. And as you said, if they did include those story elements, which is what they did for for the Elder Scrolls game and for, for the Witcher-Gwent game, uh, I think the hardcore fans for Dragon Age would love it. So I think, I think you're right in calling that out. That might be a really good prediction.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, if they did do that, would uh, h- how many people on the Dragon Age subreddit would say Bioware is dying and here is proof?
0: <laughs> All of them. If more oh, people. No, more people than are subscribed to the subreddit. How about that? <laughs> like somehow, <laughs> it would be like that. It would be like the, the elections where like more people in one particular county voted than there are population in that county. Like I don't know how that even happens, but it happens.
1: <laughs> this is starting to sound like an Alex Jones segment. <laughs> <laughs> They're against bioware.
0: Uh well I mean <laughs> our podcast has reached a whole new audience. <laughs> the Alex Jones idea. So wait, 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 so you and so here's what's gonna happen. You and me are gonna storm the headquarters of Google, I mean EA, and then <laughs> we're gonna with cameras and we're gonna we're gonna get them to tell us the truth about the conspiracies behind their efforts to kill Mass Effect on purpose.
1: You wanted Andromeda to fail! <laughs> we saw the original trailer, you downgraded it on purpose!
0: Microtransactions are turning the friggin' Frogs gay. <laughs> He just look, man. and if anybody out there listens to Alex Jones, first of all, I think he's a very entertaining gentleman. I've oh, definitely he's he's I've insane. definitely watched this program a lot for the entertainment value, just not for any news value. Um Also, he tries to sell people C's a lot, and it's really weird. Why is that guy trying to sell me C's all the time and hair regrowth and pre-workout? It's and- <laughs> so like what's an the- infomercial.
1: Yeah, what's the thing he's always selling? It's like,
0: Weight loss, brain, brain
1: juice, or something. Ah, brain juice, yeah.
0: gold bars. He's like he's like a God. like a CVS pharmacy mixed with crazy.
1: He's a joke, but <laughs> Jesus Christ! Do you think? No, okay, we can't talk about Alex Jones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could. I could just cut it out. I mean, we.
1: I mean, we could... No, no, no. I was We're just going to ask if you think track. he's actually insane or if he's <laughs> just playing it up. But whatever. Anyway. <laughs> um, What other gaming trends can we think about? Um, Did you have any other on your list?
0: Well, VR, right? I mean, VR and mm-hmm. AR are the other ones that from a technological standpoint... And we kind of mentioned this actually in our... Mm-hmm uh what was it our sort of game changing ideas uh episode uh where we talked about you know like how it kind of you know it maybe could but it's not likely to fit into mass effect or dragon age mm-hmm. you know as as far as bioware as a whole i don't know right like destiny and the division don't have any type of vr stuff do they i don't think so yeah so i don't know how that if that necessarily fits in for anthem but You know, Casey Hudson uh, worked on HoloLens uh, over at Microsoft. That was actually his his whole gig when he left to Microsoft. And so he was working with that hardware. Mm -hmm. And I think, and this is really, you know, someone's going to have to find this tweet because I'm not going to go back and find it. But I know at some point someone mentioned to him, would you like to incorporate some of those technologies uh, within some of Vioware's projects? And he gave like an appropriately diplomatic answer of like, well, you know, yes, that would be great, but not necessarily. And But you know, obviously, that's that's now sort of on his resume. He has that experience. I'm sure he would love to make that connection.
1: I wonder if you could. Okay, I don't. I don't know if this would work, but um, so it's a VR game, and like you know how in uh, Andromeda when you had to zoom around, they'd have like a fucking cutscene, because like it it was actually just a little mini model that the little ship would zoom out. Could you like reuse those assets to make like a Mass Effect themed? like, fighter pilot type of game.
0: (laughs) Oh, that would be super fun. Mm. I don't
1: know if that would work, but... Is there a fighter pilot? Like, there has to be a fighter pilot type of VR game.
0: Um, Elite Dangerous... Elite yeah, dangerous? Elite Elite Dangerous <clears throat> is the one ship game that's actually um, you know finished. Uh, cause, yeah, cause, I was about to say. <laughs> like, I'm a backer of, of Star Citizen. I'm not trying to knock it. Like, I you know when I've played it with the really crappy frame rate in the little test areas that they've released as part of the alpha or whatever. Yeah, it, it as a concept, it's brilliant. But um, yeah, I mean, Elite Dangerous is like the main like ship flying game that people like and it does have pretty well integrated vr support i've never played it with vr um you know but i I imagine yeah there's there's a model for that for sure Hmm.
1: so i was um uh this is kind of jumping back a topic i almost feel like but uh, we we mentioned earlier like uh what if they could do uh games that uh, were like really easy to make but still had microtransactions attached to it i was, it was actually the other day uh someone had a question about do you know what the last court is for dragon age
0: um was that the text adventure
1: yeah on the keep
0: yeah okay
1: the other day i was on it for some reason someone asked a question and i was like oh i should review that so i was kind of playing the game again and i didn't i don't remember it having it but that game has microtransactions you can't actually, I out of curiosity, I, I clicked it. It's like, how much is the conversion rate here for whatever it is to real money? And it's actually, you won't let you do it anymore. But um, the, there there has been smaller Dragon Age, say, like there was a Dragon Age Facebook game. I think there was a couple of them, actually. You got uh, Heroes of Dragon Age. Like, do they, they probably already, like, do you think Heroes of Dragon Age makes a lot of money? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like they might have gotten on the tail end of Facebook game profitability in general. You mm-hmm. know, like for a while there, um, you know, Farmville and stuff like that was like breaking all sorts of records as far as profitability, and mm-hmm. everybody said, "Well, this is this is the new platform. Facebook games are it," and so everybody rushed to get a Facebook game out, and then, uh, you know, predictably that slope just kind of dropped off.
1: Yeah. Do you think Bioware or maybe even just EA is really slow to get to those points? Because like I feel like um with with, the you know the Facebook game like you were saying and like kind of the open worldness of Inquisition um in in Skyrim and then now Anthem it's just like oh you know it's kind of the Destiny clone. I feel like the Destiny style is kind of like a fading fad. Maybe I'm wrong though but like when, when the fad is really big, that's when they say, we need to do it, not thinking about, or maybe they do think about it, but the time they actually develop it, it's way past it, and nobody cares anymore.
0: Could be both. Those are two really good theories, right? Either one, they're just not innovative, or two, they execute too slowly. Um mm-hmm it could be both of those things, right? We don't rightly know, but those are probably the two most likely theories. And I think EA kind of struggles with what many big companies struggle with, right? Which is adaptability and responsiveness. So it's like, just like I said, either they're not creative enough to innovate or when they, you know, they're just too slow to execute. And You know, there's evidence that you don't have to be first, right, in other industries, right? Apple is famous for the fact that, like, they've never been first to anything, basically. Like, they were Mm -hmm. not first to the MP3 player. They were not first to the tablet. They were not first to the smartphone. They kind of waited for those initial, you know, first-in-industry products to be messy, and and then they kind of refined the model, Um EA's is not like that. <laughs> They're not exact. <laughs> they kind of are more in the vein of like copycat most of the time. Yeah. Um, and so to the loot shooter, hopefully this is cuz cuz there's never there hasn't really been a real true home run, right? Like even Destiny 2 was kind of underwhelming, so maybe we're waiting for that one instance of it that's just a home run.
1: Mhm. And hopefully Anthem is that because that means good things for Dragon Age. <laughs> but.
0: That, that is true. And I mean, I, I don't want to... I, because I always want to be careful about how much um, pessimistic stuff I have. But I do always feel th- the need to note, like, on that topic of responsiveness. I think EA has been pretty good about the live services trend. I think they were one of the first to start, you know, kind of jumping onto that verbiage of calling them live services. And they've been fairly consistent. What concerns me as a Bioware fan... Um, is that if I take off my Bioware fan hat and I just, if I looked at it just from a, from an efficiency standpoint, from from a unity of a vision standpoint for a large corporation, I, I, would, I would continue to see Bioware as a bit of a problem if I was inside of EA. If I was totally on that side of things and I was just advising on our business being as unified as possible, I would continue to point out Bioware as being like this weird exception. Like, mm-hmm. why don't they have more multiplayer? Why don't they have more of these micro... And, you know, putting aside what I actually know about <laughs> video games, if I just looked at it <laughs> as a business, I would say, well, these things are not like the others. Like, why why don't we make them do more of these things? Um, and maybe somebody at EA is smart enough to not do that, but then again, maybe somebody at EA is dumb enough to do that, so...
1: Now, I again, I don't do business, I do, I do people, but... Um... It Wouldn't it be good to, like, have a little bit of variety within the games you put out? Because if mm. for some reason multiplayer tanks are like, well, at least we got that single player guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I that's very true. And I think I made this argument recently on one of the episodes, I think, about how, you know, you had a best-in-class developer for that segment, right? Bioware at one point maybe neck and neck with Bethesda but for a while like they were the undisputed king of RPGs and now I think everybody says that CD Projekt Red because of Witcher 3 mm-hmm. and maybe Bethesda uh, as well and so like you you at least had the industry leader in that segment if you let them be sort of more of a purist at least you could have that and, and yeah like more diversity is better um, mm-hmm. so there's definitely an argument to be made for that also I just think someone at ea has the idea that live services is an umbrella that goes over every genre no matter Mm -hmm. what and i don't think that we know that that's true like that hasn't been proven yet i think that's still more of a theory okay i I was gonna say. so do we think on live services what it's a steady increase probably going forward
1: I would think so. Like, I, they're, they're trying to find a way to make games more profitable, and I think this is the answer as of now. I wouldn't be surprised if another model comes out, but, like, I don't think I'm smart enough to, to think of it on the top of my head or foresee it, or I don't really know much about money-making things. Like, I feel like indie devs could probably get away with, um, like, kickstarting projects and whatnot, so you get a little bit of crowdfunding, but, like, in Bi- Bioware, like, you might get a couple people that, like, like maybe us too, be like, yeah, hey, yeah, we'll chip in some dollars, but, like, you know, the majority of people are like, this this is a big company. We're not gonna give a big company money to kickstart a game we want. That's ridiculous. And rightfully so. So, like, it's, I don't, I don't really know what they could do other than that, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, what other, What was there anything else trend-wise that you were, uh, that popped up for you?
1: Hmm. Really just everything I was saying was Battle Royale. Everyone's worried about Dragon Age Battle Royale, which I think is kind of silly, but well, they'll watch, watch me eat my hat, and I don't know.
0: But Dragon Age Battle Royale sounds like a great April Fool's joke. That's as far as I ever see that going. <laughs> oh,
1: that would be great. Okay, keep this in mind. And next April Fools, we should have like just a little mini podcast. Like, did you guys hear they announced Dragon Age Battle <laughs> Royale? And, but then, oh, we we spin it out where it's like a a dwarven proving. So it's like kind of that. Ooh, this would be good.
0: Yeah, and there, and there's lore there's lore breaking skins, so you can get like Mass Effect skins
1: oh my god plant versus zombie skins
0: <laughs> madden nfl madden fifa skins
1: oh i want to play troy aikman i like troy aikman's the only football player i know That's and so he had, he's been retired since the 90s oh man oh god it wait no like uh
0: tom brady versus cullen Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I mean, then you could also romance tom brady
0: oh come on he would be the favorite romanceable NFL character
1: <laughs> god fuck what if they had Bioware do like a sports game and you could like romance the different sports guys Oh god, sports um, guys instead of athlete god <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ um, I, <laughs> I don't know how can I
0: segue from this <laughs> I don't know if you can <laughs> no let's see there's no segue from, I, so there, the, the other couple ones that I kind of we kind of already talked on Facebook games which i kind of feel is the same um type of genre but what about mobile right like mobile has kind of been plugging along for a while and uh, you know again similar i don't know if it's it's not exactly the same arc but it is sort of a similar arc as the facebook games at one point it was going to be mobile everything and i wouldn't say it's fallen off the same way that the facebook games have fallen off but it's definitely evened out i think it's here to stay but it's kind of plateaued Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think? Is the strategy, or should there be a strategy for Bioware? Should they bother with it? Should they do something like, um, the Vault game that Bethesda has?
1: Oh, my husband loved that game for some reason. <laughs> anyway, um, well, like, they, they do have Heroes of Dragon Age, which I've played, like, a couple hours of, and... Same, yeah. I just don't like it. That's not the type... The, the type of mobile games I always end up playing are, like, puzzle games. Like, um, I... Uh, oh god what was it called like uh, Monument Valley was that it that was really good the room is an amazing series of puzzle games like it, yeah, it costs like I think like four or five dollars or I don't know how much money it's worth but it get it it's amazing there's like four of them I love all of them <laughs> anyway but like puzzle games and kind of that sort of thing I think is the only thing that really works well on mobile and um the in like I think the only exception to that, because I don't really count it as a puzzle, but like uh, there's there's a Sailor Moon iPhone game called Sailor Moon Drops, and I love it. <laughs> it's basically just Bejeweled or Candy Crush. It, I hate Candy Crush, so mm-hmm. I say Bejeweled. But in, but it's, it's it's very simple. Like oh, I got five minutes. I'll just pull up some Sailor Moon Drops, play a couple things, lose all my lives, and then I'm good to go. It's 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 a very nice like quickly do the thing and I'm done. Um, the the things with like The Room and like um, a couple of the other iPhone games I've played, you really got to sit down for a while and think out the puzzles. And I kind of feel like that way with, with Dragon Age Heroes, where you really got to like sit down for a while and be like, all right, what's my strategy to defeat the guys? And it just, I don't know, I, I don't want to sit down and like, okay, here's my Hero of Dragon Age time. Like the games I always play the most are going to be like, I have five minutes, what can I do in five minutes? And I... I really the classical games like that are like the the Bejeweled or like the Snake you know they're, they're really simple games so unless they come out with like a Dragon Age version or a Mass Effect version of that I can't imagine it doing like super well and it, it kind of plateauing like um, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp like I was really into that for like a week and then I got bored because I couldn't just sit there for an hour doing Animal Crossing Pocket Camp
0: <laughs> yeah so. no I, I'm kind of with you on that where like I like story-driven games, and that's what I like Bioware for, but I don't necessarily know how they fit that mold into mobile. I'm, I'm kind of with you on, like, the puzzle games. Like, I really liked Super Hexagon, Going Back mm-hmm. black. Um I loved, uh, uh, oh my god, you just said it. Um, well,
1: uh,
0: Monument Valley. Monument Valley, yeah yeah. Monument, yeah, yeah. I loved <coughs> Monument Valley. Um, Sword and Sorcery, I guess, had story element to it, although it was more minimalist. Um, but I like that also. I mean, I guess when I think Dragon Age, the, the only thing I could think of that would work as far as melding puzzle and story is if you had a character that was like, you know, you had a little bit of a story in there, but you were primarily solving puzzles by going through like Dwarven ruins or maybe like mm-hmm. Elven ruins. And you just you came up with a bunch of different puzzles and then some short cutscenes, um, or, you know, maybe like a city management slash castle defense you know where you had like a keep or a hole that you had to like upgrade and you could weave a story into that or if you did mass effect it would be kind of cool to have a um not necessarily fleet to fleet but like a ship management where you kind of like manage a little crew upgrade your ship that sort of thing mm-hmm. um those are the only types i can see with them where they could succeed in mobile
1: there was um and uh do you- Oh God, fuck me! What was it called? Astrariums. There we go. Um, that would make a great mobile game. If you from Dragon Age Inquisition, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, the the Astrariums, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, like that. Like I know I remember when Dragon Age Inquisition was like had a lot of people playing it. There was people asking like, I've done all the Astrariums. Is there a game like this? Because I love this little puzzle game. And like, yeah, people were really. I, I can't remember what any of the uh, the clones of it were. Or Games like it. But, um, yeah, I think if they made a bunch of those, and, like, you you finish one, you get, like, a very small story behind it, like, people would love that.
0: So. I would, question mark, I would. I guess on those, I would just say I actually (laughs) loved the Astrariums the first time I played. I want to say I've maybe only done them twice on all my playthroughs, because I do Mm -hmm. find them to, like, you know, kind of break up the pacing of that game. But you're right, standalone, I would totally do that, like, you know, because you could do those somewhat quickly on your phone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um another this is i guess kind of um well it is a trend again i, I see it as being more of a mini trend but it's a, it's one of the only things that i'm gonna mention today that's like a trend that i'm super positive about and it's one that i think many of us never expected it's like a real like how the hell did this come back um and that's crpgs and you mentioned, you know, crowdfunding and stuff like that. Like when Pillars of Eternity was a success, crowdfunding and Obsidian got to make that game and then Divinity um, uh, came out and then Tyranny has had the success that it has. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they just um, released what, like an actual expansion again to, to Baldur's Gate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, I see it as being super unlikely for Bioware, but could you ever imagine them doing like a separate Dragon Age game that's, like, a true, legit CRPG in the the vein of Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, all that stuff, given that those games have now had a resurgence in popularity because of Pillars and, and, and Divinity?
1: Well, that's... Like, that'd be a really good mix with the Dragon Age tactics thing that they talked about. So, like, I... I I yeah I, if they came up with that that would be my dream game because I love Divinity and I gotta play the, the the other ones just because I've been so busy anytime, but um, I I think it would really fit with what they they do naturally anyway, so um, yeah I I hope they do it I just don't know if they will, cause like it, Divinity like I don't like it's sold well but I don't think they made a ton of money off of it you know mm, yeah. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, Divin- for, I, I was also a fan of Divinity, but also, I mean, Pillars of Eternity 2 Dead Fire just came out, and I do want to say on a side note, I did get it. I started playing it, although I will say, and this is like, you know, whatever, shame on me, I never beat Pillars of Eternity, um, although I liked it. <laughs> I just, I kind of stalled out on it because I started playing other things, and so I kind of tried to like, you know, whatever, like read a story summary and then go into Go into Pillars of Eternity two. Um, I ended up not being able to, so I restarted Pillars of Eternity. And like no joke, you know, Pillars is um, it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's like it's unforgiving, especially compared to the to the learning curve of modern games. But I got really, really into Pillars of Eternity, like more than I did the first time. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I just think there's something to th- the narrative structure of a game that has. Um, a somewhat significant reliance upon text, like even Divinity, which I like, they've pretty much gone to full voice acting and mm-hmm. not as much of the descriptive prose um, that you get mixed in with the dialogue on uh, Pillars of Eternity. Mm-hmm. And there's something really interesting, like you can do certain interesting gameplay things when it's just text that I think would actually be a little bit convoluted to do um, with audiovisual, like more cinematic style.
1: Yeah. See I, I wouldn't mind that at all or like even if it's like the um I, I haven't played Pillars but I don't know if they do like if a parent character comes up they'll have like a little voice like hmm or ah where like you kind of get a sense of what the character sounds like but they don't actually voice the line. I think that's a really good like it's very simple they have a, probably a whole bunch of voice actors already on the markets like can you just give me one hmm <laughs> like I <laughs> imagine that wouldn't be that expensive to do. Especially if they're already on payroll doing something else. You could probably even like scalp a couple of them from like the uh, in-game, uh, like when you, when you hit someone, they go, wow, ah, you know, like just scrape one of those. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, they do have that as well. And, you know, and then when the, when some characters that are fully voice acted, you know, it's really good voice acting in some spaces as well.
1: hmm So if, if, if they did any of that, I would love it, but, oh, maybe they, oh, do you think they would do a Mass Effect one? Could they do that?
0: You know, I thought about that as well, and I thought, well, the combat system...
1: It could be kind of like um, XCOM.
0: Oh, oh, if they did if they did. I was going to say more like the top-down shooters, like, the you know what I mean, like the top-down arcade, like, thumbstick-controlled shooters. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could do that, too, but if they did something like XCOM, oh, man, get out of here. Like, XCOM with, a, with basically a Mass <laughs> Effect story, like, yeah, I'd be so down for that, take my money. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Do you think they'll actually do any... Like they, Because they talked about, like, oh, specifically for Dragon Age, would you want, like, an XCOM Fire Emblem clone? And, like, people were really positive about it. But, like, I don't know if they'll actually get to do it. But I hope they do.
0: <laughs> I think it's a matter of resources for Bioware. I mean, EA, you know, like, um... I always forget the name of the... Uh, uh, I think it's a Way Out, that one co-op indie game that, that EA did. Yeah. Um... You know, like even even just stuff like that is it's encouraging because it shows that maybe somewhere within EA there's some branch that considers you know like these one-off indie titles that maybe don't have a huge chance of profitability but they can be made relatively cheaply and if you ha- if you have an unexpected hit on your hands you've got huge margins. Um, I just don't know if they treat Bioware that way or especially now with the focus on Anthem and. Dragon Age Inquisition, having been Bioware's most successful financial launch at that point, you know, do they see do they see Dragon Age as their sort of like Skyrim and waiting, like they're expecting it to be a mega hit like that, and then Anthem mm-hmm. is their is their Destiny. So it'd be nice if Bioware had the had the staff to spare if they could you know carve off this splinter team to do like this crazy CRPG project for Dragon Age. I, I'd give it a very low chance of actually happening, but I I think mm-hmm. somebody at EA should really consider the fact that that could be a low budget hit.
1: Now I do wonder if, um, because this was poisoned, bio, point whatever this was questioned when Bioware Montreal was still a thing. I wonder if the closing of Bioware Montreal actually like hindered that in some way even more so than it, like, you know, than not having enough time. Hmm. Maybe that was going to be their plan where they had like. Uh, uh, like, you know, a Dragon Age headquarters and Anthem headquarters and a Mass Effect headquarters, and then, like, if all three of them, maybe, like, on the side work on that. I don't know. I don't know, but...
0: I mean, look, all uh... they have to do, you, you hear, like, you know, David Gator and some of these other folks talking about how, like, in the old days, you know, everybody did everything. You were a writer, but you, like, programmed parts of stuff. It's like, man, it's like, just mm-hmm. give him an updated version of the Infinity Engine And give David Gator, like, a 20-person team and be like, go, man. Like, what can you do in two years?
1: (laughs) Well, he's off of Beamdog now. I wonder what he's up to. Maybe he's just, like, relaxing and taking it cool. But, like, yeah, he hasn't announced what he's doing next, I think. So I I wonder if, like, uh, maybe he'll come back. (laughs) I don't know.
0: The biggest trend in gaming is Bioware writers leaving and coming back and then leaving again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please, no. <laughs> oh God! Anyway, was is there, there anything else, else you want
0: to, add? Uh, to touch on? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think those were probably the big ones, right? Like we knew it was going to be mm-hmm. microtransactions, loot boxes, battle royale, and mm-hmm. uh, you know some of these smaller ones. I'm glad we got to talk about as well.
1: Yeah, I I got nothing. Like I like we <laughs> I don't know if we cut all the part of us like complaining about tech but after like we we really struggled just to get this one working my brain's kind of frazzled
0: (laughs) yeah depending on how we cut this um, people people may or may not know that this was a super hard struggle it took us what 30 minutes to get started because of connection issues and hardware issues and things not working
1: yeah and then like it's also not our usual time because I'm going to be out of town so (laughs) it's super great
0: (laughs) we got more things coming Uh, up folks (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, uh, speaking of things coming up, we should talk about our one year anniversary.
0: It is, it is the impending, uh, is impending, does impending have a negative connotation? Right? Uh, impending doom? It doesn't have to. The impending good stuff.
1: Yeah, impending good stuff. Um, it's, uh, so the official anniversary is going to be June 16th, if I'm remembering correctly. And that's just the date when we released the first episode, um, because E3, because right now what we're doing is we're doing two episodes a month. We're going to be kind of releasing our second episode of the month a little bit later so we can get E3 coverage and that one's just going to be about Anthem or whatever we feel like happened in E3. Um, and then after that we kind of wanted to do like a live stream of, I think it's specifically, we decided it was going to be me playing, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda so you can hear us complain about it live. <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs>
0: We're just going to continually reset that Andromeda counter back down to zero.
1: Yeah, like, the whole thing is just going to be in the negatives by the time we're done with it. Um, may- Maybe we can, uh, see, you're going to have to load me up with some mods. Maybe maybe this is going to be me trying to figure out, like, trying to get a writer I like. Maybe this is what this discovery, a self-discovery. And, oh. like, yeah, if you-, if you have any questions you want us to talk about, come on in. We'll chat about it Why I'm complaining about a video game. Like, it's, <laughs> come on in. Um...
0: Oh, if I'm not having to play, if, the, if I'm not the one playing, if the listeners want to come up with a drinking game for me,
1: oh, <laughs> I, <no. laughs>
0: we'll just see how that goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, so you have to get alcohol prepared then. <laughs> Um, yeah, we don't, we haven't really settled on the exact time and date, but uh, hopefully we will by the time this episode comes out. So check the description and there should be a little box that says, hey, I'm the part where you have to read to get the time and date. And we'll also like link to where we're going to be streaming. Um, but yeah, uh, just follow either me and Jordan on Twitter uh, and uh, we'll keep you guys posted. So... I think with that, Jordan, where can they find your Twitter so they know where to keep you posted?
0: <laughs> uh, they can find me at The Exalted March on Twitter, uh, The Exalted March on Instagram, and of course, uh, The Exalted March on YouTube.
1: And I'm Gilderthalon on YouTube, Gilderthalon on Twitter, and for some reason, Reddit is Gillenon. <laughs> I always get confused <laughs> with the cheese. <laughs> and with that, guys, Doris <laughs>